BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. One of the lawyers in the Young Thug Rico case, Nicole Fagan, is all over social media celebrating her big legal wins. I don't know about y'all, but I really do this. I'm proud of myself. But now Fagan is the one who needs a lawyer after being arrested and charged in connection to a murder case. We have the details. I'm Anjanette Levy, and this is Crime Fix. Nicole Fagan is probably best known for representing Tenquarius Mender in the Young Thug Rico case. This was Fagan in court with Mender, who goes by Nard back in December of 2022. This time, though, he still maintains a not guilty plea. Sure. Respectfully requests, um, rejects the offer, and we announce ready for trial. Now, we haven't seen Fagan in court during Young Thug's trial because she had her client's case severed from the main case. Fagan actually got in some legal hot water last Friday when Atlanta police picked her up on charges of participation in criminal street gang activity and criminal solicitation to commit the offense of tampering with evidence. Police claim Fagan contacted a suspect in a shooting that happened in September of 2022 and that that suspect was not her client. Police say Fagan told the suspect he had warrants out for his arrest and then went on to tell him about information that she had learned during a hearing related to the shooting and that the suspect should get rid of his phone. Atlanta police say Fagan committed a crime when she did that. But attorney Renee Rockwell told me that Fagan maintains her innocence and actually posted a $40,000 bond on Friday night, so she wasn't in jail all that long. I contacted the office of District Attorney Fonnie Willis. At the time of this recording, we had not yet heard back. Fagan's Instagram account shows her often celebrating her court victories, sometimes lip syncing to rap songs. Other times, she's just sharing memories. You know, there is nothing better than when you walk out of the gas station and somebody be like, are you Nicole? And you know, real shit, the world I live in, I don't even be one to claim myself sometimes. But then when he's like, you might not remember because it was a long time ago, but you got me out of jail, that makes you feel good. Fortunato Perry is no stranger to high-profile cases involving rappers. Uh, Fortunato, thanks for coming on. I want to ask you just right off the bat, your first impressions of the charges filed against attorney Nicole Fegan. Well, it's it's certainly a, a shocking development, um, but I, you know, I'm I'm the kind of guy who I don't like to rush to judgment. Um, I'd like to take a look at whatever it is that the the prosecution will be relying on in this case. Um, against the attorney, um, you know, it sounds like they, they've they've charged her with being involved in gang activity, which is is a bit much from what I've seen in this situation. Um, you know, certainly there could be an issue of whether or not she solicited 
an, an individual to um, either obstruct justice or fabricate, uh, you know, mess with the evidence in the case. But again, without knowing what they're relying on um, in the prosecution, it's kind of tough to assess whether or not they can get a conviction on this on these charges. Yeah, it certainly is tough. And I, and we should mention we've been working um, and we tried even last week to get a mugshot of Nicole Thegan. Um, we're trying to get the probable cause documents. It's a holiday, President's Day right now, but they've had a cyber attack on the system down there in Fulton County, Georgia. So it's been very difficult for a while now to get even a mugshot or court documents out of Fulton County. Um, you know, it's interesting to me. She's representing a client in, a, in, in this case. Uh, she learns of information in a preliminary hearing. So she's not representing the guy that she calls and says, get rid of your phone. Um, so if you're a lawyer, Fortunato, which you are, <laughs> and if you're a lawyer on this case and you learn of information in a preliminary hearing involving this shooting and you call somebody and you're like, I was just in a prelim and I heard some information, you might want to get rid of that cell phone you've got. And then the guy gets rid of his cell phone. Um, are you committing a crime if that's not your client's? Um, I don't even think you can tell your own client to dispose of evidence um, in a criminal investigation. Um, now, let's take that to, to the next step of, of someone who's not your client. I don't think it's a problem necessarily telling an individual that you have knowledge that there's a warrant for their arrest. Um, you know, you maybe just want to communicate that information. Maybe she has some relationship with this person that is not an attorney-client relationship, but maybe she knows him and wants to say, hey, you know what? I heard that there's a warrant out there. You might want to contact law enforcement and get yourself in and processed on the charges. But to take it the next step um, that you're telling someone to get rid of evidence, I mean, that's a crime under any circumstance. And that's why I kind of want to know um, what the evidence of that that activity is. Because if you're just going on the guy who sh who is who she told that had the warrant and to dispose of the phone. If you just go by what he's saying, um, I think that's problematic for the prosecution because you're going to have a guy who's trying to get himself out from under what looks to be a shooting or some other serious criminal activity. Um, and maybe he's just trying to throw somebody under the bus to help himself. And, and I was wondering about that. If, if we've got somebody who's a snitch and who's like, I can get myself out of trouble by giving you this lawyer who I know you probably don't like very much um, because she's all over the place. She's on social media. She's kind of like thumbing her nose at the system and a little bit, you know, she's, she's flamboyant. Um, and there are people like that. Uh, she is charged with criminal solicit solicitation to commit the offense of tampering with evidence. So um, this potentially could have helped her client. I don't know that. Uh, but I'm just kind of reading kind of where this could go. So maybe it helps the guy she's calling. And I'm assuming they have a phone record of that because they can easily subpoena phone records. So maybe they have this phone call. Maybe they have that to corroborate whatever the person who made the call told them if they even said that. So um, is there a tampering with evidence? Do you see that as possibly a charge that could be an easier one to get a conviction on than participation in criminal street gang activity, which seems a little bit more, um, I don't know, like a tougher sell. 
Yeah, that seems like it's a bit over the top to me, uh, that uh, participating in, in gang activity. Um, but, you know, oftentimes the prosecution will overcharge an individual in an attempt to try and negotiate something down the road for, you know, something either in between or a lesser offense. And that's what they may be doing here. But again, I'm troubled with, I need to know what they're relying on on this solicitation to fabricate evidence or tamper with evidence in this case. Um, you know, I, I tell young lawyers, at, you know, that are starting out and they kind of want to get in the game and they want to get involved in big cases that the world of criminal defense can sometimes be a bit murky as far as the characters that you, you're involved with and representing in these types of cases, uh, you know, drug offenses, these drug gang situations. So I tell young lawyers to be very, very careful when you're dealing with um, clients or friends of clients or hangers on of clients who want to be kind of in your sphere. Um, you, you need to be careful because it, it, it it's like that, that if an individual goes from, you know, somebody who's a hanger on of a client who ends up getting jammed up on his own. And then there's nothing bigger than to throw the prosecution and attorney you know, someone who has crossed the line. I'm not saying that this person has done that in this case, but she's certainly charged with that. Um, and the prosecution likes nothing better than to take the legs out of an attorney, especially someone who seems to be flamboyant, seems to be kind of, you know, maybe rubbing the nose of law enforcement into this a little bit. So I tell lawyers, be careful all the time because this is not something, this is something that happens frequently. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And on social media, she is on there and there are videos of her bragging about winning acquittals for clients, uh, getting cases tossed out or what have you. And she has a reputation for representing people who are accused of being involved in gang activity. She's representing currently um, somebody accused of being involved in the whole young thug YSL gang. Um, you know, YSL says for their part, we're not a gang. We're a recording label. You're trying to say we're some big, you know, organized crime Rico organization. We just make we just make rap music. Uh, that case, of course, for her client has been severed from the big main YSL Young Thug trial that's going on right now. Um, but she is somebody who's out there all over social media kind of bragging about wins that she gets for her clients. And that doesn't always go over well uh, with prosecutors and with cops. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of a thin line between putting yourself out there and promoting yourself and marketing yourself. Um, to get more work. And again, a lot of young lawyers um, are faced with that that issue. You know, I'm young, um, I just want a case, and now I want to tell the whole world, you know, that mm -hmm. I want a case. And again, there's a fine line between just putting the result out on your social media platforms or getting some media coverage and being quoted as, you know, you kind of quote, yeah, it was a tough case, we had a tough fight. But to take the next step and, and to start rubbing people's noses in victories, um, you're gonna you're gonna put your, you're gonna put a target on your back. And 
you know, you're going to have to face whatever consequences there are if you lean into some of these gray areas with some of these clients. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you bring the problem to yourself. We'll get you back to Crime Fix in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Morgan & Morgan. Morgan & Morgan is the largest personal injury law firm in the United States, and they make submitting a claim really easy. You can do it just by using your cell phone. When you are seriously hurt, your injury could be worth millions. And when you're fighting a big insurance company, you need a big law firm like Morgan & Morgan to fight for you and to protect your rights. Morgan & Morgan does not settle for lowball offers. Just in the last couple of months, Morgan & Morgan has had some really big verdicts. In Florida, they had one for $12 million. It was 34 times the highest insurance offer. In Philly, Morgan & Morgan won a $26 million verdict. That was 40 times the highest insurance offer. And in New York, they won a $6.8 million verdict. That won a whopping 25 times the highest insurance offer. There are no upfront fees. It's free to submit a claim and you only pay if you win. Log on to www.forthepeople.com slash crime fix or click the link in the description. We should mention she's been arrested on warrants. Um, she hasn't been indicted by a grand jury, but that could be coming. Her attorney, Renee Rockwell, has uh, told some media outlets, and we have a call out to her, but haven't heard back yet, that um, she is completely innocent of these charges. So she has been arrested on warrants. She hasn't been, you know, this case hasn't been presented to a grand jury, but we know how low the bar is for obtaining a grand jury indictment. Um, what is the what is the ethical line or what is the, I mean, is there a crime in calling somebody Fortunato when you hear about information and saying to somebody, and, and we don't know the exact wording that was used. We don't know any of that stuff. Um, but calling somebody after you've been in a hearing and finding out information and just saying, Hey, I, I heard some information in a hearing as an attorney and telling somebody they heard about it. Is, is that crossing the line? I, I would say no. I mean, simply hearing um, information in open court, uh, in a hearing that is in an open courtroom for the public to, to listen and for, for the media to report on. Um, I don't see any evidence of a crime with simply telling someone, hey, you know, I was in court today and there's a warrant for you for X, Y, Z. And you might want to reach out to your attorney. If you don't have one, I have a couple of names of some people that I can send you to. And get yourself in, get get yourself in, get yourself processed because, you know, it's a dangerous world we live in. And, and you know, when, when law enforcement are executing um, a, a warrant, uh, an arrest warrant for someone who's involved and the allegations are violent, um, you know, sometimes mistakes are made and people are injured. So it's always better, in my view, to get people in to law enforcement when there's a warrant because you can only run and hide so far. So get in, get processed. I see no problem with that whatsoever. But now the uh, next step is to get rid of evidence in the case. That's a crime if they can if they can prove it. That's certainly a crime. And if they can prove that she told him or advised him to dispose of his phone because it might be evidence that he was involved. There's no doubt about it. If they can prove that fact, that's a crime. No without question. The participate what do you think they have to, for, I mean, I'm asking you to speculate here, participating in gang activity, that makes it sound like almost like she is a part, a 
of a gang in some respect. I, I don't see that based on what I've read about this this situation. Um, you know, could you could you take it a, a, you know down the road and put her on trial for that? Maybe it depends on what she's doing. I mean, I've seen circumstances over all the years I've been doing this where you know lawyers are helping drug uh, clients launder money through accounts and things like that, claiming it's a fee and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I, I don't know, but I, I think that's a reach. I think that charge of being involved in, in gang activity, I think that's a reach here. Well, we will keep a close eye on it uh, and see where it goes from here. Fortunato Perry, Perry, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it as always. It's my pleasure. And that's it for this edition of Crime Fix. I'm Anjanette Levy. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. You can download Crime Fix on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts and new episodes post each weeknight at 6 Eastern time on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. Daniel Camacho does our video editing. Our head of social media is Bobby Zoki. Our senior director of social media is Vanessa Bine. Savannah Williamson is one of our producers. Diane Kay and Alyssa Fisher book our guests. And Brad Maybe is our audio editor.